I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Cephas, here we go. All of that positivity from last week paid off as we gained four units on the week. Did you like that? Huh? Huh? We finally exercised the football (laughs) demons, and now... We are about to smash this last two and a half months like Pete Davidson smashes every Hollywood horror that he sees. <laughs> we are going to launch ourselves into a winning streak like Leah Thomas launches himself into a pool full of women. Do you get the points, my friends? We are going to stack up and eat these tasty wins faster than Jeffrey Dahmer stacked and ate black people. Come on! Let's <laughs> fucking go! Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm gonna have fun, and you're gonna have fun. We're all gonna have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes! Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up with those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, cold beer hip 
choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Peroni from Roma, Italy. Very solid beer. Mm, Three and a half stars out of five on my beer app. I drink this every Thanksgiving because my family eats Italian food because turkey fucking blows. No, you bite your tongue. And also, every Thanksgiving, I recant the true story of the original Thanksgiving here on the podcast. So here we go. The first Thanksgiving didn't happen in 1621. It actually happened in 1637 after the Pilgrims finished off the massacre of the Pequot tribe at the culmination of the Pequot War. And after the Pilgrims were Mm. done murdering all those men, (laughs) women, and children, they said, hey... Uh Let's have some goddamn beer and eat one of those ugly, fat-ass birds that's always making with the noise that kid. (laughs) Also, fun fact about the Pilgrim, they were never Pilgrims. They didn't even call themselves that. They were actually separatists from Holland. They came here to make money and not for religious freedom. In fact, they came here to set up a religious theocracy, which is the exact opposite of religious freedom. What's up, Pilgrims? And although they ultimately failed at that, what they did accomplish was getting rid of all those filthy fucking savages off our goddamn land. They sent them to the swamps of Florida and shitty states like Oklahoma and those stupid Dakotas. Because of their great commitment to greed, power lust, and good old-fashioned genocide, we gather together every year as a family and tell them how thankful we are that they were terrible, (laughs) terrible people. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Mm-hmm. You think there was any, like, in these pilgrims slash uh, whatever you just... They're, they're not Puritans, they're not pilgrims, whatever. These murderers that you just you just claimed yeah. all of our... Yeah. Do you think there were any, like, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's pilgrims that came over and just ate Indian people? Like, cooked them up and ate them? Or was that strictly an American thing that, that developed many years later? What do you think? I think there was evidence of that in Jamestown uh, before these people. But, uh, yeah, at this point, now yeah, they're doing all right. They don't have to eat each other. I hear it's an acquired taste kind of like chicken. I don't know. It kind of <laughs> tastes like chicken. <laughs> all right, boys and girls. Well, with that, we're going to get the podcast with the good, the bad, and the Are you fucking kidding me? We're going to give you every, and goddamn, I do mean every, win in the air tonight is mm. a full slate of the NFL. But first... Oh, sorry. And we're going to get you paid with those free picks, as we always do. 2-0 again last week. Holy Man. shit. But first, now we got to get paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by TittyWhiskers.com. Hello, ladies. Have you ever been embarrassed by unwanted body hair? You know, there you are, having a romantic moment with that special guy. And all of a sudden, his pleasure pump gets deflated because your legs feel like Chewbacca's butthole. Or your arms look like the bottom of King Kong's nutsack. Well, if that terrible shit has ever happened to you, then you're in luck because I have your solution. It's Teddy Whiskers. Teddy Whiskers is a revolutionary new product that will have your clam as bald as a baby's ass. And the best part is there's no need for reapplication ever thanks to their patented formula, which includes coconut milk and hydrofluoric acid. So if your areolas have chili bolas, Teddy Whiskers. If your balloon knot looks like it took a Propecia shot, Teddy Whiskers. God damn it, if your clit looks like it's making out with Cousin It, Teddy Whiskers! Go to TeddyWhiskers.com right now to put in our code word Glory Hope for 10% off their follicle fighting formula. That's code word Glory Hope for 10% off their services one more time. TeddyWhiskers.com, code word Glory Hope. 
Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that titty whisker sounds like a hell of a product. Uh, obviously, it's for the ladies, as the ad said. But, you know, we got a lot of ladies that listen to this podcast, and they have, you know, they've, they've reached out to us, testimonials of the titty whiskers, and mm-hmm. they say it's a great product. So, kudos to those guys and keeping the fucking clams bare out there. That's, uh, we really appreciate that, guys. We really appreciate it. Titty whiskers. Do you think titty whiskers was a, I mean, staying on Thanksgiving, like in the, in the pilgrim days, we're titty, we know the Indians, they're hairless. So, like, I mean, when they came over yeah. here, they're like, what? Look at these hairless fucking engines coming over. I mean, they got no hair anywhere. But like for the pilgrims, did did they have a product like titty whiskers to get rid of the hair? I don't know. There's zero chance. That muff was the fucking size of the New England brush, baby. Mm. That fucking shit was out there. Even Jeffrey Dahmer would not eat that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just Fucking great! That's just fucking great! The bad. Is this bad? Is this bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it! Are you fucking with me? Alright, boys and girls, as always, we start off with the good, and the good last week was fucking Haas, baby! 16 and 12 overall, free picks, 2 and 0 again, another winning week in the contest, danger zone hit on the Colts, I hit my NFL teaser yet again, I've been quietly red hot on those, bottom line is, you listen to this podcast, we're just fucking, we just keep making everybody money, Longhorn. (laughs) <laughs> quietly my ass every time you win anything the entire fucking world has to hear about it are you kidding me <laughs> quiet <laughs> alright well here's something we didn't win it's the bad we tell ourselves as we always do oh uh, we had Kansas plus 9 versus Texas so mm. Texas was coming off their dream crushing loss versus TCU their trailer trash quarterback has turned out to be as big a piece of garbage <laughs> as a haircut would suggest and he was garbage in this game too but they didn't need him because they have in my humble opinion the second best player in all of college football in their backfield mr b john robinson yeah and he ran for 243 yards and oh four touchdowns and he would still be running right now if they didn't say the game was over because kansas mm. Literally couldn't tackle him. So, bad call by us, but honestly, nobody has ran on Kansas like that all year. But this dude, I mean, he is that kind of fucking special. I know both of us look so much forward to him playing on Sundays. Mm. Man, that dude, mm. uh, he he's he's different, man. That kid is different. Yeah, I don't... Hey, look, I mean, it's... I don't, we're we're going to lose some games. I don't mind losing when, uh, you know, my Texas Longhorns get a win. So, it's... it's uh, That's it'll, right. We can handle that. We can handle it. Yep. All right. Moving on to the are you fucking hey! What's it going to be week, this week? This week, thankfully, I had to do some search on this. I missed this from the earlier weeks in the podcast, so I had to kind of search. But 
It's going to be UCLA versus USC. And look, I'm not saying if you look at the stats, USC didn't deserve to win. It was a coin flip overall. But when you factor in the fact that UCLA committed four turnovers, including the kill shot on the last drive when they're going to win the game, DJR throws his third interception. I mean, you talk about a horseshoe up their ass team. USC (laughs) is plus... 18 on turnovers on the season. And they've played 10 fucking games! That's <laughs> not even possible! And I really thought that this was a game that all that turnover luck would regress. They're playing a good team, UCLA, which UCLA is a good team. And even though it didn't, and UCLA had... If, if UCLA had just one less turnover, we cover and we win. Just one less than four. Yeah. Unfucking real. Unfucking oh, yeah. real. I do vaguely remember this game. I believe this was a late Saturday night game. And uh, probably like a lot of you, I was in a uh, drunk fest, Friendsgiving type situation. So, oh, yeah. I barely remember it, but I kind of remember seeing it up there. Like, I don't know. People say Friendsgiving is good. And if people say you're not supposed to get drunk and try to bang your friends. I guess I missed the memo. I don't know. That's all I was trying to do is get drunk and bang my quote-unquote friends. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's happening. Stay f***ing What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! time it is thanksgiving week and as a tradition here on fgh we will go over all three thanksgiving games and then move into the slate for the rest of the week but long right now we got to start with your detroit lions catching nine and a half points at home to those buffalo bills that's disrespectful to my detroit lions and matter of fact this is right out of the fucking gate, the danger zone game of the week. Oh my god, I love this game. I cannot wait to wake up on fucking Turkey Day with a gigantic hangover. And watch my Detroit Lions let me down once again. This is no <laughs> doubt, no doubt they're going to let me down here. But listen, Danger Zone is to, it's a it's a game that's dangerous. They might, uh, the underdog might surprise you. They might win. But there's certainly 
when I call this is to it's for them to keep it close and at nine and a half points you can get it at 10 in certain books at certain times of the week so far uh, it's just a smash spot for me for Detroit Buffalo's injuries are racking up they just lost their center uh, they, they've had all kinds of issues on defense with injuries they're just not playing like the Super Bowl champs that they probably eh, probably is a, probably the might be the wrong word the Super Bowl contenders, strong Super Bowl contenders that they will be and still are at, at the end of the year. Basically, what I'm trying to say is at the end of the year, they're going to be way better than they are playing right now. So right now is a good time for a uh, Detroit team coming off three straight wins, finally turning the season around, playing some of their best ball to catch a Buffalo team that's not playing very well. Obviously, Buffalo played in Detroit last Sunday because of the weather, flew back home, Came back to Detroit, and you might think, oh, that's going to be an advantage because they get to play in the same stadium. Uh-huh. No, not on a short fucking week. Who? Look, we've all had girlfriends and wives in our lives. We know the fucking chaos that happens this time of year. What are we doing for play? When are you going to be here? You weren't here last week. You're supposed to be here last week. Now you're going <laughs> in. You're fucking back and forth. Like, how are we supposed to plan? Like, I mean, the fucking chaos that those players and coaches have to deal with this week during Thanksgiving, it's got to be multiplied by the by the uh, weather chaos they were dealing with last week. Um, I just love this spot. Campbell, the coach for Detroit, was a dead coach walking four weeks ago. He was almost already fired, and somehow he's turned his season around. Now, I still think he will be fired at the end of this season, depending on how the rest of it goes. But if you win this game, you're not fired. You win this game, he's he seals his uh, job going forward. You've got uh, the wide receiver from Alabama probably making his uh, debut for Detroit. All these things add up to a what I think is going to be a close game. It's the early game. You wake up, everybody's look. I just I I don't know anyone else to play it. Both see I mean, if you tell me the numbers are completely opposite, then then I'll um, you know I'll, I'll soften. But right now, this is my danger zone game of the week. I expect to wake up and see Detroit play hard and keep this close. Um, the only thing that can fuck that off is if, if is if Josh Allen just goes crazy. But I mean, he hasn't been necessarily doing that lately. He's been showing that he's making mistakes. So I look for a close game in the early, in the early game. What do you got? So Detroit is, you know, when you have that person that you're like, we've all been in these relationships where, man. Time after time, when, when you need them the most or like you think they'll be there for you, they consistently just – they just hurt you. They just hurt you. And, uh-huh. you know, I think for four years straight, we've taken Detroit uh, as a dog at home <laughs> because all the values on them, the money, mm-hmm. the numbers say to, all the trends say to, everything says to, and all they do, every, every Thanksgiving, all they do – just kick us in the balls and right. ruin my goddamn lunch with my family. I don't know. They're, I mean, they're they're just that type of person. Like, why do you consistently hurt me? So when I love you so much, why do you hurt me so badly? And that yeah. is Detroit. Yeah. Take and every week, every, every year, you know, we have to hear. And here's, here's what I want to say to the clients right now. Look, we're probably going to be on Detroit, and we're probably going to tell you to take them. And if you don't want to, if you say, you look, guys, we love you, you kill, but we can't do it anymore with this team on Thanksgiving Day, I understand. 
I will hunt you down if you do that. <laughs> if, you, if you disagree with me, I will hunt you down. And if you don't take them and they get their doors blown off and you write us back and say, hey, man, I, I told you. That's why we didn't take That's why we didn't. I can't do this anymore. Again, I will understand. And I, I actually fully agree with you. I, I don't want. So you're telling me this is numbers agreement is what you're saying? I don't want to take Detroit, but here is why I love Detroit. Yes. The here numbers agree with Detroit. And when the numbers agree with a four or more point dog this season, they are hitting at 67% on mm. the year. Mm. On top of that, Detroit has got a trend. Home dog after win as a road dog. We've played this many times this season. It is three and one so far. You got a couple couple of these teams in this trend this week. 178 and 143. That's 55 and a half percent. And then if you look at Buffalo on their side, well, sorry, this is where the negative starts, though. So here's where the negative starts. So Thursday night or Thursday favorites of eight or more. All time, 32 and 17, 67%. That's not good for us. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, specifically Thanksgiving Day, since 2004, road favorites are 18 and 6 ATS. Again, not good for us. The new spot agrees with Buffalo, not good for us. But I will say that I heard a couple of the guys that watch film this week say that Josh Allen in this last game when they watched the All-22 did not have the same zip on the ball. He definitely is hurt. So, you know, take Superman's cape off. What is that? Where I don't know. They just said he's not the same dude. Hmm, he's, still, he's still just really good. He's yeah. just not, you know. But Detroit is playing with confidence. They've won three games in a row. So... Dude, they did what I... They, they went on the road outside... To cold stadiums, I never. I mean, I, I gave up on them three weeks ago, and I was done with them. And, and somehow they're doing this. I, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. But here is um, two things that we have going for us on Detroit. On this last thing, I'll make on this point. So again, dogs of four more on the season this year. Fifty-one and twenty-five now. Three and two last week, mm. and then home dogs. Of 9 to 11 points, weeks 12 and on, <clears throat> with a 40% or less winning percentage versus a 70% or better winning percentage team. So really shitty versus really good home dogs at this number, 18 and 9 ATS with a plus 250 ATS margin. Now they are 7 and 20 straight up, so please don't tell, please don't, Think that I'm suggesting you put them in your round robin money line dog parlay. I'm not. I will. And 11 and 16 to the under. <clears throat> so maybe Detroit. First of all, if Detroit is going to cover, I think the under is the only way you can limit because Detroit can score the ball. However, they've got to limit Buffalo from scoring the ball to stay within this margin. So all in all, um, Man, with our numbers agreeing with Detroit and the other trend, really, it's a to me, it's a it's a coin flip. It it's all a coin flip, and I know how the fucking I know how the coin lands. It fucking Detroit's heads, and it's gonna land tails. We're gonna lose this game, but mm-hmm. you know what? It's a Thanksgiving mm-hmm. tradition. We're all gonna do it together. 
She's yeah. just fucking grit your teeth. And, and and just here here's what I've learned. Here's what I learned, boys and girls, on losing all these games against Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> just be thankful that you're with your friends, your family, you got your health, they got their health, and we got a lot more games to bet this weekend. It's only one game, it's only one loss. Fuck it. We'll move hey, on. I don't really and- appreciate you. Marking this down as a loss already, but I completely understand it because it probably will be a loss. But look, we can all, we're just all going to be on the right side with a losing ticket together. And that's what you're saying. We're just Thanksgiving. Let's all love the loss on the right side together. So you're calling us Republicans then. We're on the right side with a losing ticket. All right. Ooh, I can I deal punch with you in that. The dick. <laughs> all right. We're moving on to those Dallas Cowboys. And they are now all the way up to consensus 10-point home favorites over the New York football Giants. (laughs) Yeah, this one I've gone back and forth on. Um, I can make a case for both teams, which tells me it's a stay-away game uh, and probably will be for me. I mean, you know, I'll I'll always make a small, tiny bet on everything. Um, And... On a force lean, I, I like to give out leans on everything in this. On a force lean, I'm going to lean to the Giants in those points in this spot. Uh, but let me go over the two uh, conflicting situational spots here for both teams. Last week, if you listen to the podcast, I said it was the situational spot of the week for Dallas. And I said, actually, it might be the situational spot of the year for Dallas. And it, I mean, nobody predicts a 40 point win like that. But it was, nailed it, dude. Oh, it was a smash. Just a great spot for them. This week, there are some things you can point out that it's good for Dallas, but let me go over the things that are where it's in New York's situational favor. Um, Giants, the Giants themselves are coming off an embarrassing home loss against Detroit. They got bounced in that fucking game. I think Detroit could have just named their score on that one on offense. They were just, they did anything they want on offense in that game. Um, So you got the bounce back uh, effect in there. Danny Dimes plays his best ball historically on the road. Um, now, also, Dallas, last 10 Turkey Day games, 1-9 and nine ATS. All these things point me to Giants and that huge number, especially if you can get 10. However, and I know you'll go over some of this too, you are beating your head against the wall if you take, if you go against Dak versus Division. You just are. Now, uh, Dak versus Division on Turkey Day, that's a whole different story, but which, which is why the, the weight leans me to New York here. But again, injuries are stacking up for New York. They got their uh the first time these two teams played, they're missing three of their secondary plays uh players versus what they'll have t- tomorrow. So it's just stacking up for them. Uh you've got the rookie head coach on Thursday trend against New York. Um uh, now I do think I do think when it's all said and done, New York's gonna Proved to have the better head coach in the long term, but this is right now. This is this is this year, right now, tomorrow they're playing. So um conflicted both of us. I can see some things both ways. I think that the fact that um I, I'm gonna lean to the, the ten points for for New York. I think more things point me that way. Uh and it's and it's mainly the one in nine ATS Dallas on Turkey Day that's gonna that's a, that's the thing that's gonna push me over the edge. So what do you got? Yeah, not only uh, 1-9 ATS, 0-4 straight up the last four turkey mm. days for Dallas. Now, the numbers are split on this. is actually a zero-point delta, and that's where I think you're getting a lot of the 
And here's what you're going to hear. You're going to hear a lot of people on TV saying they're sharp and think they're sharp. Like, oh my God, 10 points in division game, blah, 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 blah. And they're going to think that they're sharp on that because, like, how could they get the same record? How could they be 10 points? Well, well, the fact that our power rankings put the zero-point delta tells you that the Giants have been playing over their skis their entire year. We've been telling you that repeatedly over and over and over again. They've been way overrated uh, in the market. Uh, you know, and then last week, event again, you know, Detroit was on that huge trend, and it paid off. And they went and beat the Giants straight up, which was not a huge shock to me because the Giants just aren't a very good football. We told you on the podcast – they both should be four and five football teams. So the Giants don't deserve to be seven and three. They should have never have been seven and three. Well, it's still a huge shot. Like, like here, here's, a, and I'll let you continue. But like, just it, we got screwed. Like that, New York should have beat Detroit, and then we'd be sit. This will be the game that we get to pound against New York at probably you know Dallas minus seven. If they'd have beat Detroit, we'd be sitting here with with a New York. Uh, and, and Dallas at Dallas minus seven, and then we can jump on the play the fade. But we kind of got to screw with that Detroit win. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it was seven and a half on the look ahead, which again I'd, I'd have been all over the Johnson yeah. that for sure. Um, because we would have at that point it would have been a numbers agreement on, on the Giants. But again, I'm just telling you, at this large, everybody's like oh, it was overinflated number. No, it's not. It's it's the exact number that it should be the whole time. It's just now the market's going to bear it out because you've mm-hmm. got. Dallas coming off a 30-point win, and the Giants coming off a huge, you know, loss. So now the people in Vegas can finally set a number on the Giants the way it should be. Again, so there's no value to our numbers either way. Now, yeah. uh, negative things on the Giants. You've got road teams on Thursday traveling over 850 miles, 29 and 46, a 39% ATS historically. Not great. You mentioned. The rookie head coaches on Thursdays, 11 and 28, 29% against the spread. Not great. Now, the Giants do have the new spot, so and it's kind of a heavy lean on the new spot. So they've got that going for them. But the kill shot to me on this and why, again, it's a stay away game for me personally. Uh, we've told you and told you and told you about Dak versus the NFC East. 23-8 ATS versus the NFC East in his career, including 2-1 so far this year. However, when Dak is favored by more than three, 19-3 ATS in this division. 19-3. And this home field favorites of 9-11, week 12 and on, since 1989, 329 and 322, which is not winning you money, but that means you're on the opposite side of a coin flip and over six, almost six hundred, yeah, six hundred fifty games. You're on the opposite side of a coin flip on New York, and you're on a short week, and you've got, like I said, the DAG factor. So on that. So so basically, to sum that up, you're a lot of our everything is basically the same. You're taking the the kill shot and the point to Dallas on. Dak's record versus. The I didn't division. say point to Dallas. I said stay away. I don't. I am. I personally would not be playing this game. Right. But if you if you're a force lean, you're gonna. That's gonna be your your tip over point is is Dak versus division. Dak versus division because again in our power rankings this is a zero delta so mm-hmm. all things Man. are even and I'm getting 
I'm getting the better team, the far the far superior team. Let's not I mean obviously they're ten point favorite. Well yeah. Far superior team and a far <laughs> superior quarterback. And Danny Dimes turned into Danny Nichols on us the fucking mm-hmm. perfect time in New York. So mm-hmm. and his and, and his last game in this building did not turn out well for him. I don't think he remembers it very well. Yeah, well but he got knocked out. That's not fair. Yeah. But yeah, so so my tipping point would be the obviously Turkey Day record for Dallas. So that's just we're obviously clearly a stay away game because we, you know, there's, it's just no no advantage either way, no value either way. It's just funny how we both landed on a slight tipping point, opposite directions based on uh, conflicting data. So yeah, complete stay away. Yeah, but I mean that, but that's what you know. If you properly handicap games, that's what you should do. Yeah, most games. If are there's, be like if there's that. nothing, yeah, if there's nothing to put you on the game, then I mean, there's, there's no reason to. That's the only advantage you have as a player against the house, is you get to choose what games that you bet. They have every other advantage. You have no nothing other than it's your choice. Yeah. All yeah. right, moving on to the nightcap on Turkey Day, and it's those yeah. New England Patriots coming to those Minnesota Vikings, and they are two-and-a-half-point consensus road dogs. Yeah, by the time this game gets played, you're gonna have to either hit that toilet to poop out some turkey, or just <laughs> just just throw up some alcohol. But you're also gonna need to hit that sounder because I am taking New England to straight up win this game. We don't give a shit about records around here; they mean nothing to us. So I don't even know what the records are between these two teams. I don't care. These are basically, basically. The same teams to me. You can get into the numbers. That's the, that's your deal over there. But when I watch football, these feel like the same teams to me. The only difference that I see on these uh, with these two teams is that Minnesota has the game breakers on offense, and we saw how that worked against uh, Buffalo uh, a couple of weeks ago. They do have those dudes that can just make that fucking play on offense and change a game. However, we also saw last week against Dallas that a pass rush can completely dominate and shut down that offense and those off offensive weapons. Um, Dallas, by the way, number one pressure rate defense in the league. This week, New England coming in with the number two pass rush defense in the league. So I'm going to lean a defense over offense in this one. I do expect Minnesota to struggle on offense. They've got offensive line issues, like I said last week. That's, that's going to... Show its ugly face here again this week is not new time cousins. It is prime time fucking cousins. Do I need to say more? Hello. Take fucking New England. Take those points. I hate that it's not at three at most books anymore. I love that three put three point uh, protection. This makes it feels like a warm blanket on a on a cold Thanksgiving night. Uh, but doesn't matter. New England's gonna win this game. What do you got? All right, well, you like New England on the sounder. The numbers agree with you on New England. Now, however, I have done some deep dive in our numbers. They're 50-50 this year on dogs of less than four, so that's a little bit disconcerting. Uh, New England is on the trend of over 850 miles. Again, 39% ATS. Don't like that. But Minnesota is also on the rookie head coach on Thursday night, 29%. So I'll say that equals each other out. And then we've got the Kirk Cousins in primetime, baby. 11 and 18 ATS overall. We've got that going with us. 
And then New England is the new spot. And with the agreement, that's 4-2 so far this year. On top of that, uh, home favorites, 2-3.5 to three and a half points, Week 12 and on. Since 1989, 283 and 302. So basically, you could almost just win money betting against them every single game. Now, inside of that, Week 12 and on. And if you have a season scoring margin of less than zero, which think about that, boys and girls. This is an 80% win team with a less than zero scoring margin in the year, which means they're a big, fat, family. And they're playing a team over a 50, oh, sorry, 0% scoring margin, yes, and over a 50% winning team. That is 13 and 18 ATS, 41.9%. And since 2015, that is a 6 and 9, 40%, so even less than that. And is a dead nuts under 6 and 10 to the under on that. So, yeah, love New England here. Love the under here. So, give me the Pats. They're going to make it ugly. They're going to cover this game. More likely mm-hmm. not win it. Mac and Cheese can't score the ball. So, they right. do what they That's do. Right. And uh, they'll keep it close. They'll keep it under. And uh, that's a nice little two-game parlay I'm going to put out there right there. All right. A little, little Turkey Day two-game parlay. like it. I like it. All right, we're going to move on past Turkey Day, boys and girls. We're moving on to Sunday. And mm-hmm. Sunday, first game up, those Baltimore Ravens traveling down to Jacksonville. Four-point road favorites. To my Jaguars. Oh, hey, yeah, it's your Jaguars. Listen, this is... Um, this is... This is the game that I'm flirting the big dick pick of the week. I'm not going to hit it yet. I'm going to hear what you got to say. But with a limited running game for Baltimore and Mark Andrews playing, but we clearly he's not exactly right. They have no passing attack. They have no running attack. That's why you're seeing Baltimore not be able to cons- consistently score the ball. When they were scoring the ball earlier in the year, they had Andrews fully healthy, and they had Bateman, the rookie, or not rookie anymore, but the second-year player from Minnesota, the wide receiver. You take those two people out, which which Bateman's out and Andrews is, is injured, no running game. What exactly would you say we do here to score the ball, Baltimore? You can't. You can't score the ball. And here's the deal. If you can't score the ball, you're suspect to get beat by a team coming off a bye with a uh, with a – you know, a, a coach and quarterback combination that's starting to slowly figure it out. They've implemented in, uh, ETN into their passing and running attack uh, a lot more over the last three or four weeks since they traded Robinson. They're starting to look like a team that that maybe has figured it out. They're not going to win a lot of games, obviously. They're a bad team. But at this time of year, you're looking for teams that can get things going for next year. So they're not giving up. This is they're not in give up mode. They're not in quit mode. They got a young, hungry team looking to build and add wins. Um, so you're gonna have to talk me out of hitting this as the big dig pick of the week. So um, go ahead. But I love obviously heavy lean in Jacksonville in the, in the points, and I might hit the big dig. Go. Oh, that's oh, that's what she said. Go ahead. Look out. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, first of all, I did. I, I'm sorry. I wanted to rebuke one thing you said in the last game. You said they were 
Basically, kind of the same thing between New England and Minnesota. New England's 11 DVOA, and Minnesota's 24. Minnesota sucks. They're not a good team at all. So, that's, I, I meant to point out there, right. sorry that I forgot it. Moving on to this one. Mm-hmm. Since you're flirting with a big dick, uh, first of all, that's a dangerous oh, yeah. situation to be in. Vain. But I think this one might be a little bit veiny. Uh, Jacksonville numbers agree. And the uh, dogs, again, a four or more 67% when they agree with our power rankings this year. Now, the after the buy home dog, that's actually not a good spot. 17, 18, and 1. Basically, no, no position after the buy really is that great, except the away dog. But Jacksonville is the new spot and agreement again. That is 4 and 2 on the year. Jacksonville has. Uh, up real quick. I'm going to show this all the way down here. Sorry. Um, Jacksonville has. Since 2015, week nine and on, home dogs three to six following being a road dog of seven and ten, no win or cover, eight, two, and one. We already hit that twice this year, two in a row, actually, Chicago and Carolina. They got that trend going for them. And then they also have the trend of 2015, week ten and on, home dogs three to five, less than 50%. So, losing team versus a winning team. They did not cover on the road previous game. 13-5-2. Green Bay was our hit for that the last time. That trend is also undefeated so far this year. And they've got one more, mm-hmm. apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like uh, it. I like where this is going. It's like a heart. It's like a it's like a boner that's building. The boner is building it, right now. It definitely is building. Oh, that's sorry, it was AJ. So, that's the last one there. All right, so that's all the trends I have on that one uh, previous, but here's also what I what I do have. Lamar as a favorite, ATS, the last two years, 6-13, and 31.6%. He does not cover as a favorite, period. We won a, we won a game in Carolina last week. <laughs> that Baker literally tried to give away he was four trying. fucking times oh in the last like God, six minutes trying. of the game, and and, La- and and Lamar and them they couldn't get a first down. They could not get a first down. Yeah, they got in. They, they got can't. a turnover in field goal range to kill us, and he took a sack for like twelve yards. Thank God they put him back in punting. Like just he just, does not like he's still look, living off that reputation. Do the as honors. The MVP. I, I would like to hand you the honors. Set it up. This is this is definitely. Do it. I'm, I'm, I'm handing this over I'm, to you. I'm, you I'm, do I'm, it. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm gonna get. Well, I'm so, gonna, You better call it. You better call it. Here's another factor, and this is a factor, and we've seen it be a factor many, many times. It's November. It's fucking Thanksgiving. They're going down to Jacksonville. Jacksonville at home, and think about how bad Jacksonville's been. And now this is this is uh, a long trend. Week 12 and on, 42 and 37 ATS. Any any position, no other conditions, just at home, period. 53.2% if you just put them at home from week 12 and on. Because it's fucking swampy down there. And this week, it is particularly, particularly fucking hot in Florida. There's only been one game. I looked this shit up since 1989. They haven't been around since 89, but that's how far back our data goes. One game. Week 12 or later, the temp has ever been this hot. And Jacksonville won that game straight up. It's only one game sample, but whatever. 
it's going to be really, really swampy on top of the normal 53.2% that they get. And boys and girls, Lamar has poo-poo problems. He's got mm. poo-poo problems. He's got some sort of irritable bowel thing. The heat, you, you guys know, you ever had the whiskey shits, you're out in the heat. It doesn't get better. It's fucking humid as fuck. They're not going to want to, I mean, like, it's cold as shit in Baltimore. They just had a snowstorm blow through there. 80 it's degrees to- in Jacksonville. 80 degrees right now. It's going to be 78 on game day. There's only been one other game. It's been this hot, this late in the year. I'm telling you, it, it, it's, it's, it's a bad spot for, Jack, or for Baltimore. Call and then, on top, on top of that, last trend, since 2012, week 12 and on, home dogs 2-5, to five, winning percentage of 30% or less so than a shit, shit, shit team versus a winning team. 14 and 8 ATS with a 4.05 ATS margin of victory. Longhorn, this is the big dick you've been looking for, baby. I'm gonna pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm gonna put my dick in. And with that, we're moving on to those Carolina Panthers. Two and a half point home dogs consensus, although it is moving to two everywhere, and I know why, to those Denver Broncos. Yeah, it can move to two. It can move to fucking channel two. Who gives a shit? Because it's the (laughs) corner TV game. Time saver. I don't give a shit about this game. Uh, The total is 30 fucking five in this game. 30 Five in an NFL game. I refuse to handicap an NFL game with this much shit in it. Um, and by the way, 35 is way too high. The first one to six wins this game. I'm done. All right. Well, this is a number agreement with Carolina. Again, dogs less than four this year on our numbers agreement are 50-50. However, Carolina, home dog before the bye. 26 and 15 ATS. That is fucking nails, baby. And then you've got Carolina on. Uh, Trent here. Since 2015, week eight and on, home dogs two to four, less than 50% versus another. So losing team versus losing team. 26 and 17. We are three and oh so far on that trend this year. And then you've got Carolina on. Oh. This is a big one. So, since week, or since 2015, week nine and on, home dogs, uh, one to two and a half. Again, losing versus losing. 50 versus, or sorry, less than 50 versus less than 50. 25 and 11. However, inside of that, less than 40% versus less than 40%. 12 and fucking two ATS. And we are 2 and 0 so far on the year on that. Carolina is the new spot plus agreement. Uh, again, this year that is fucking crushing it. And in the new spot there, the agreement six and fucking O oh so far this year. They are in the fucking honey hole on that. And then one more, home dogs one to two and a half uh, overall. If you just bet them since two thousand or since sorry since 1989, 278 and 248 and six. So 52.9 Longhorn. You're just if you just blindly bet home dogs one to two and a half since 1989, you're winning money. Yeah, but that's great. And again, you can go ahead. Again, go ahead. take it to less than fifty versus less than fifty. 
Since that since 1989, 72 and 55, 56.7. You take that number up to 2012, 35, 21 and 2, 62.5%. ATS with a plus 3.20 margin right here. Uh, Carolina doesn't only cover; they win this game. So, go Carolina. Yeah, and again, you can find that on Channel 2 is, what, is where you're going to find it. <laughs> Whatever that is. All right, moving on. Those hot Atlanta Falcons. Consensus, four, even though I see it four and a half at quite a few places. Mm-hmm. Road dogs, those Washington Redskins. Yeah, this, one, this line feels just a little rich to me. Um, and, you know, e- even though I, I do like the way Washington's playing. They're actually playing the way I figured that they had a shot to play at the beginning of the year. But although, I mean, if you're a listener, you know that it was heavily contingent on the quarterback play. And we see that, you know, obviously this team... Because you did predict that Heineke would come in and have all the success. No. No, but I did predict that that if we get... Oh, that's right. I did did predict it. You didn't. No, but if... It's on tape. We can listen. I did predict that if you get good wins, <laughs> that you're if you get good wins, you're gonna get a uh, decent team. But if you it could fucking rails off if you get bad wins, and you know it's, I, I guess I was right on both because it was fucking rails off with shitty wins. And uh, if you just get, I don't even know if he's playing he wasn't average that bad. Uh, quarterback. Is he? He wasn't wins? playing average. They fucking playing, hate him. He was playing. They I know the teammates. He was playing him. Yes, but he was playing statistically better than Heineke. So take that Great. for what it's worth. But the teammate, but the teammates don't like him. So nobody um, likes a redhead. So uh, some things you, some things you can't fucking handicap. And when your teammates don't like you, it's kind of a problem. So, um, but with this game, this feels a little rich. Um, I don't. Um, Atlanta has they 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 they're used to playing close games. They've played close games all year. Seven of their eleven games have been within four points or less. Um, so so this is just an atmosphere they're used to doing and and keeping it close. And they're the team getting four to four and a half. I prefer my I prefer these Redskins on the uh, getting points side of things, not laying four to four and a half. So I'm going to lean to Atlanta. And um, even though Chase Young is coming back, we'll see what he offers, if anything. Um, and even though Washington is decent against the run, and, uh, and I'll pull those up again as you're talking, but they're decent against the run, which could, you know, that could just shut down the Atlanta offense, and, and Washington could get the cover here. Uh, but this just the value is pointing me to Atlanta here, so that's going to be my lean. What do you got? Yep. Uh, the numbers lean with you. They are agreement with Atlanta. Again, dogs four or more with our agreement. 67% cover on the year. Atlanta's in the new spots with the agreement, and they're also in that honey hole 6-0 spot so far this year. Washington is on a trend. Home favorites week two and four, week eight and on. Winning team versus a losing team, 16-24 and 24 ATS. And 16-26 to the under. And this one has been 3-2 so far this year. we got two teams on it this year in that particular trend. Uh, bottom line for me on this one, Washington is DV, 18th in DVOA on the season. Atlanta's 17th. Neither one of them are good teams. But we're getting the better team by our power rankings and by DVOA. 
and we're getting four points on a team that gets one point, mm-hmm. and I'm being generous at that at home field. <laughs> so it it's a total value play on Atlanta. Now, could Washington win this game? Sure, they could. But again, as I tell you guys every week, who does Washington beat? They beat teams that can't score, like last week in Houston. Beat that team that couldn't score. Atlanta can score the football. Atlanta does score the football. That's a team they don't beat. And then home favorites from two to five. But again, a less than zero scoring margin on the year. Washington has scored less points than they've given up. And they have a better than 50% winning percentage versus a losing team. 21 and 33. ATS, that's 38.9%. And if you take that week 12 and on, so this late in the season when you get this kind of convoluted matchup, 6 and 12 ATS, 33.3%. Uh, and then in that particular matchup, 14 and 5 to the over, 73.7% to the over on that. That's kind of mixed on the over under. I probably would stay away from that. I'm trying to let's see how the numbers are moving here. Uh, 40 to yet. It's dropping like a stone, so. I'm not going to recommend that overtrend. I think that's, yeah, I think that's pretty convoluted because I got the undertrend on the other part of it. So I'll say it's 50-50. I like to throw those out. However, everything, and I do mean everything else, points me to Atlanta from the trends to our numbers to just the spot. Again, Washington does not beat a team that can score the ball because even the great Taylor Heineke is averaging 18 points a game. They can't score the ball. They suck. He sucks. And... You know, maybe they win the game straight up. I think it did have in that number the straight up. The Washington should be the better straight up winning team. So they might win the game. But, yeah, four points, definitely four and a half is way too rich. So I agree with you on that. Yeah, Atlanta's just really bad on the road. As far as winning games, they're, I mean, they're just they're, – they're, they're one and four on the road. They, they But like you said, I mean, Washington's two I, and three at home. I, so I, I, I like to – yeah, there's no home field advantage there, so I think maybe that's nil. I'm not saying that Washington won't win the game, but yeah, four and a half points. I mean, the oh, bottom yeah. line is, at the end of the day, we're getting the better team by our numbers, by everybody's numbers. We're getting the slightly better team, and again, they both suck. So I'm not saying it's a world beater. They both suck, but we're getting the slightly better team, and we're getting four and a half points on a home field that is not a home field advantage, other than the fact that they got to travel from Atlanta to Washington. That's one point. You get one point for that. So there, in, Man, who, in no who world. Is, look at this division. If if Washington wins this game, which they're four and a half point favors at home, seven and five, Giants will be seven and four with an assumed loss to Dallas. Uh, <laughs> this fucking division is stupid. It's ridiculous. And we thought it was. It came, it came in supposed to be the worst. It came in supposed to be the worst division. <laughs> In in oh the league, God. and now it might turn it's out to be the, it might turn out to be better than the AFC West. So it is funny how these things go. Can can all three right, teams or can all four? Hold on, can all four teams make it to the playoffs in a, in no, a division? Um, you can. Well, let me think on that for a second. So you got no because you only get there's three wild card spots. In. There's three now. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess mathematically, There's seven. Yeah, you could. Yeah, mathematically. So if they get seven, nobody in the North. Detroit's, in, by the way, Detroit's in second place in the NFC North right now. Um, and if they beat Atlanta, Atlanta's in second place in the NFC South. 
Then you have to go to the NFC West, and Seattle's in second place with six wins. Oh, my God. After this weekend, the the projected playoff teams, it might be all four of the NFC East in the playoffs. Oh, Who would have ever thought that boys and girls? <laughs> All right. The NFC least back to the NFC beast, baby. <laughs> Moving on. on. Those top break Buccaneers. Going on the road off the bye at those Cleveland Browns. Three and a half point road favorites. Yeah, this is um I don't have a lot on this game. This is just a straight numbers play for me. Um you got you got nasty Cleveland weather and a Florida team coming up to play them in it. I is again just a numbers play. I, I can't get a good read on Tampa Bay this year. I was I was in on them often early um in the year with favorable numbers matchups. And Brady was just letting me down. I, I mean I was getting I was getting Brady at home with less than th- uh, laying less than three points two or three times, and he, he just came up and burned me. And then I started fading him lately, and, and and they're turning a corner and they're burning me. So um, I'm obviously not reading this team, and, and that's important thing when you're you know in this in this business. If you got a bad read on a team, just just admit it. Say I'm not seeing things. I'm not seeing it with this team, and and rely on other people, rely on, on other information. Uh, so I'm gonna rely on you and the numbers. Um, but I will have just because of the number of three over three at home, cold weather team. I'm going to lean to Cleveland. What do you got? Yep, the numbers lean with you. They are in agreement on Cleveland, uh, less than four points again, 50 50 so far this year on our on our agreements. Tampa Bay does have the new spot here, uh, but <clears throat> Tampa Bay is an away favorite after the bye. Again, no favorable spots there. It's 24 and 24, so the coin flip. And here's the bottom line that I have on, or I'll give you one trend and I'll give you the bottom line. Uh, home dogs 3 to 5 that scored 20 points a game or more versus a team that scores 19 points a game or less. 6 and 3, ATS 66.7%, and with a 4.44 ATS margin. The Lions already hit on this. This uh, hit for us on this trend this uh, year uh, against the Packers. If you remember that game, they ended up winning outright. Um, it took a little bit of luck for them to win the game outright, but they had that cover locked down pretty easily. Um, and here's my bottom line: so Tampa Bay is only two points ahead of Cleveland in our power rankings. Uh, and Tampa Bay is ninth in DVOA, and Cleveland's fifteenth. So maybe, maybe our power rankings are a point short on Tampa Bay. So that makes Tampa Bay a three-point favorite on a neutral field. Well, you got to give Cleveland two points for home field. So that makes Tampa Bay minus one at very best. So to your point, I don't have a lot on this game either. But from a pure value play perspective, it's got to be Cleveland. Um, You know, Jacoby Jacoby Brissett is showing the world how good Cleveland is and how bad Baker is because Jacoby Brissett was a throwaway player. He's been a throwaway player, backup quarterback at best his whole life. He's now, I think, top five in QBR, which I think was top tens right around where Baker lived when he was at Cleveland. You see how bad he is with Carolina now. It's the same thing. Like Cleveland is just a very, they're a very good football team. They just really are. 
Now, he's not a very good quarterback. That's why they're 15th in DVOA. And could Brady go up there and win by more than, you know, could he win by a touchdown? Sure, they could, but what has Tampa shown you so far this year that's going to, you know, tell you that they will? Now, after the bye, generally Brady very good. Obviously, during the Belichick years, even in Tampa Bay, remember, they lost to Kansas City right before their bye. They came back after that, and they didn't lose another fucking football game. I don't think the rest of the year they won the Super Bowl. Do they have that kind of run in them? Maybe. It's Tom fucking Brady. But I can't ignore the no. fact that, again, our power rankings, and like I said, even admittedly, if I'm if I'm a point off on Tampa and they're three points better than Cleveland, fine. That still doesn't get me to three and a half points for them on the road. There's no there's no possible scenario other than projection and 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 market project, which that's what you guys have to remember too. The market has to project the way that you guys will bet. So it's not just pure. They have the same fucking numbers that we do. They know that Tampa shouldn't go in there and fucking beat Cleveland like that. But they also know if they make it Tampa minus one or pick them, as our numbers would suggest, you're going to fucking hammer Tampa. And it's against Tom Brady. They're not going to take that fucking exposure. There's no fucking way. So they're going to put it fucking at three and a half. They're going to want even money on both sides. That's just what they do. But again, numbers-wise, there's 0% chance, 0% chance that you could back Tampa with anything other than, I love Tom Brady, Tom Brady's awesome. That's really your only fucking, because other than that, you got nothing. They they don't run the ball well. They throw the ball okay. Their defense has been good. But again, Cleveland's offense has been pretty damn good, actually. So Jacoby Brissett is... Eighth in PFF quarterback rankings, and Tom Brady's eleven. Yeah, and, and I think I think Jacoby says like fifth in QBR. Like he he is showing the world what a what a good roster will do to a shitty quarterback, which is what Baker has always been. And that's just yeah. they'll elevate it. They, they will out and now, but again, he's also showing what that means, which is not much because they won like three fucking games. So at, at the end of the day, what's their ATS gonna, record? What? What's their ATS record this year? You got to pull that. Pull that. Hang on, I will, I will get that shortly. Because if they don't have a, if they've got that uh, good of a quarterback and they're not good ATS, then there's something going on there. They should be smashing ATS. It should be pretty decent. Yeah. Hmm. It should be profitable. I'll pull it up in a second. At least. It's trying to pull up. Yeah, um, just, just do it, whatever. You want to you set right. up the next game? I will bring it up. I'll bring it up that. after, yeah. All right, moving on. Those Cincinnati Bengals. This line is moving, boys and girls. It is moving big time, and I'm guessing it's the Chase news. Um, yeah. That he is back and practicing. Mm-hmm. But world open of one and a half, and then now it is a two and a half consensus, but I'm seeing it three points in several different places. So Cincinnati two and a half consensus road favorites over the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and I obviously wrote this handicap before the Chase news was breaking, but I don't care. I you think I'm scared of Jamar Chase? No, I'm not. So hit that sounder. I think the wrong team is still favored. Here, you don't bet against Tennessee. You don't touch that hot stove. Um, Yeah, Jamar Chase is awesome. Joe Burrow's awesome. That offense is awesome. But Mixon might be out. 
Or is he officially ruled out? What? I think he's officially ruled out. Mixon uh, is not practicing. That's going to make them... Yeah, so that's going to make them one-dimensional. And I don't care how good you are as a quarterback. When you're one-dimensional, I don't care what your receivers are. It doesn't matter. When you're one-dimensional and you're going against a good team in their place and they got revenge on their mind from last year's playoffs, it's the wrong team's favor here. I'm taking Tennessee to win this game. Um, last year in the playoff games, I think Tennessee sacked Joe Burrow like 10 fucking times. And somehow, Cincinnati still won that game. That's not going to happen again. Like, just, just, they're going to put Burrow under pressure. They're going to be one dimensional. And like they always do, Tennessee's going to find a way to win this game. Give me Tennessee. Give me the points. I'm, I'm, I hope, I hope that the news of Chase does push this line all the way to three because I'll be taking all of those points straight to the bank. What do you got? Uh, first of all, Cleveland four and six ATS on the year four and six. Yeah, something's going on there. They they, they should not be under five hundred ATS with a quarterback playing like that. So, all right, well, moving on to this game, Tennessee numbers agreement over a or no, sorry, less than four point dog, fifty uh, fifty. But the new spot agreement and um, an agreement with us that's four and two. Then on top of that, Tennessee is on home dog. After win as a road dog, 178 and 143. Again, 55 and a half percent on that. Um, you know, these teams are even in our power rankings. They're dead even. And we're getting three points at home. They're 10th and 12th, respectively, in DVOA. So our power rankings are right on there. And then, like you said, the revenge factor for Tennessee versus Cincy. And Tennessee held, so Rabel has kind of the beat on this offense. They held Cincy to 19 points in that game. They scored 26.5 points a game this year. Tennessee, Tannehill threw three fucking picks in that game, and that was part of that magical Cincinnati run to the Super Bowl with with their defense did not turn the ball over all year, and all of a sudden they get to start turnover and droves. And again, they're saying the same thing this year. Cincinnati has eight interceptions in ten goddamn games. And they had three in that one that fucked us on that pick or whatever. And so if we got even teams, we're getting two and a half to three points at home. It's moving to three. So if you look at home dogs, it's 2015, two and a half to three and a half points with a 70% winning percentage or better versus a 60% winning, winning percentage or better. So two very good teams, 18 and eight, ATS, 69.2% and Longhorn. With a 9.29 ATS margin. And if you take that mm-hmm. trend and then move it from week 12 and on, so this late in the year with these two good teams, 7 and 2 to the home dog ATS, 77.8% with an 8.7 ATS margin. Could not agree with you more. Fucking Cincy is the play. And this, this team better be in your fucking round robin. Tennessee. You're just doing fucking life all Tennessee wrong. Tennessee is the play. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right, Longhorn, we're going to move on to those Miami Dolphins. They're minus 13 and a half now against those stupid Houston with an H Texans. Mm-mm-mm. Yep, this is another time saver game. Houston is a jive ass turkey, and it is time to stuff them in the <laughs> oven because they are cooked. Um, yeah, just I've, I've got, I can't do this anymore. You, 
Houston, I guarantee you, you're going to say they're on the agreements list. And I don't care. Can't win with them. Can't win with them. I'm not doing it anymore. Put them on the fucking naughty <laughs> list. I'm not doing it. What do you got? Yeah, so I did a lot of research on this, but I'll keep it simple. Um, I'm not going to bore everybody with all the trends, but here's what I will say. Um, th- and this is this should be a referendum on a lot of people that say they're sharp and this and that, and the sharp take, whatever. The sharp has become square in this situation. So, since 2012 and on, week 12 and on, Winning percentage over 50%. If you're a home favorite between 10.5 and, and 14.5 and points, so huge home favorite. What, what, what does everybody say? Take the double-digit dog. It's the NFL. It's stupid. That's the, it's square to take the it's square to take the favorite. Well, the square has become sharp, boys and girls. 42, 20, and 4, 67.7. Against the spread, 4.72 ATS margin and Longhorn 64 and 2 straight up. 64 and 2 straight the fuck up. So, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I wrote down a whole lot of other shit, but it's not worth going over. The numbers do agree on Houston. I don't give a shit, like you said. Oh, here's, here's my other caveat to that. So, um, Mills did get benched. For small hands, Kyle Allen. That's been announced. Oh, yeah. Now, yep, yep. Kyle Allen is way better than Mills. And if you don't think so, I'll prove it to you. Uh, his last season, he had, you know, many starts. So he's only had ever had 12 starts. The most starts he had, he had a 38.3 QBR. Just smoking it. Smoking it. As bad as that is, Mills this year, 29.3. And his, mm. and then in Kyle Allen's other extensive work, four starts with Washington, hit a 68.2 QBR. So he is a huge, huge, huge upgrade on Mills. So that could lean you to really want to go play Houston. And our numbers could lean you that Boy. way. And I got a bunch of other trends too. But here's the other thing. Uh, it's going to be pouring rain. Pouring ass rain in Miami. It's going to be hot as fuck, which that doesn't matter the weather. It's hot as fuck and pouring rain in Houston almost every day. That does not matter. However, Kyle Allen has tiny, tiny, tiny hands. He has fumbled 15 times in 17 starts. And it's going to be wet and rainy. And they are going to have to – and Miami's going to score, and they're not going to score, and he's going to have to throw. He's going to fumble. He's going to have a sack fumble, probably sack fumble for a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. All that ass rain coming down, he's, he's, that's a big problem. <laughs> big problem. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Chicago Bears. They're going up to the New York football. The, sorry. The New York J-E-T-S. They're six-point road dogs. Yeah, you got quarterback questions on both sides, but news came out today that the Jets are making the correct decision and putting no more that questions. douchebag. Yeah, putting that douchebag on the bench where he belongs. That's one of the most. We're not going to get into it because we don't have time for that. But one of the most egregious uh, quarterback press uh, podium just situations I've ever seen. Uh, so they're making the right decision. And here's the deal: 
Shoulder injury for Fields. I actually want him to play in this game because I think it's going to push down and suppress that line for the Jets to the spot that I want them. I'm going to lean to the Jets. Um, and when Fields gets out on that field with that bum shoulder, he's going to wish that he didn't because if there's one thing the Jets got, it's a bunch of fucking badass dudes over there on defense. I've talked about I talked about it in the preseason, talked about it in the first few games when it was like, okay, they got something going here. There's no doubt about it. They got some fucking dudes over there, and Saul's got those guys playing and believing. Um, and now that you got rid of that quarterback cancer, kind of like what Washington Washington did with uh, with Wentz, it's kind of it can be a it can be a rejuvenation for, for a team that um, it still has a good record um, and some hope there. So I love the Jets in this spot. I hope Fields plays to suppress that line, and um, this could get rough. For, <laughs> this could get rough out there for Fields against this defense with a bum shoulder. So what do you got? Yep, and on the grass and in the weather and all that stuff. Um, yeah, no, they don't have grass. Delta. That's not grass. That's not grass in New York. It's turf. Oh, well, whatever. Zero percent, zero point delta on this game. And you say, oh, well, what did you upgrade or downgrade for, you know, fucking pumpkin pie for fucking pie? I didn't. I fucking didn't because, first of all, Flacco's better. Secondly, I don't give a shit. It's Is it Flacco? Delta. Did, yeah, did they Flacco. say it's him for sure? Okay, yeah. good. Perfect. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, you can't just fucking come out and score three points and lose the game and they ask you... Do you feel like you let the defense down and say no? And and nah. Salah's going to keep sitting like you're done. Like you're done. Yep. I'm good, bro. I don't give a shit about this game. I got nothing on this game. So, um, whatever. If you like the Jets, cool. Moving yep. on. Those Las Vegas are Las Vegas Raiders. Three and a half point road dogs up there in Seattle. Where are those Seahawks? Yeah, look, guys, it's not very often that you get a gift by these sports gods like this. And last week, because Denver is so inept at offense and so inept at coaching, we have a Vegas team coming off a road win when they should be coming off a season-crushing loss. That was their dream-crushing, just fucking, we're done. We don't care anymore. We're we're, we're, out of here. It was there. And Denver said, nah, you're not. You still got some life. Which gives you all the value now this week to play a Seattle team in a perfect spot coming off a bye. And, you know, I know you'll say that this might not be the perfect spot historically, but I don't care. They got fresh legs. Taking on a team that is ready to fucking quit on this season. And that's exactly what Seattle will force them to do. The Raiders cannot stop the run. Seattle will expose them. Uh, in the running game, unlike Denver, Denver just can't run the ball. So they they could not do the thing that will crush the spirit of the Raiders' defense. Seattle will, um, you know, Gino Gino has been very consistent almost the entire year. He took a, he took a, a half to get going a couple weeks ago in Germany across the pond. Um, but in that second half, they if they'd have got one more stop, Seattle was going to have the ball. With a chance to win the game, uh, Tom did what he did, burned the clock out, and got the win. But but for the most part, Geno's been you you can count on him. So oh my god, this is just a just a smash fucking spot for Seattle here. I love them. Yep, I would imagine that you would. I imagine that most people will. The numbers are split on this. 
Seattle after the buy home favorite. Again, not a great spot. And since 1989, so all of our data, home field, three and a half, four and a half, winning percentage, more than 50 versus less than 50. 48, 81, and 1. 37.2% ATS, 3.1. So if you just did that forever, you would be crushing it. So this, not that one, but this one is going to be the trend of the week. Nerd alert! Nerd! Nerd! You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right, so again, since 1989, if you just take home field Favorites between three and a half, four and a half, winning percentage. So winning team versus a losing team, 48, 81, and 1, 37.2, negative 3.19% ATS margin. But this is what makes it the trend of the week. Since 2015, same situation, 10 and 26 ATS, 27.8% cover. Now 24 and 12 straight up. So I do expect Seattle to win the game. But negative 3.33 margin. This is one of those games that, you know, it's one of those weird games that I get good feelings of the Raiders from here to there. I, gave, I got them uh, early in the season when Denver came in, and I was like, nah, I feel like the Raiders here. I feel like the Raiders here. I feel like the Raiders could absolutely win this game. Actually, I think the Raiders probably do win this game. I'm not recommending that because of the mm. straight up on the trend. However, uh, yeah, this is just one of those games that the Raiders go and – they might win for no fucking reason at all, for no fucking reason at all, but this is one of those games that they just go do it. Well, you're awesome at picking the Raiders against Denver because two of their three wins are against Denver. So I didn't pick the second one. Well, whatever. Yeah, if we can show about this if you want, but there is, I mean, I'll lay the three and a half, no problem. No I'll take problem. that. No I'll right. take show the three back. All right. I had to take more money from this close to Christmas, but mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't pay me from last year, so it's not, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. You're, it's not like you're actually. Yeah, and you didn't, and you didn't pay me the five years before that. So, well, we're moving on to uh, what are we moving on to? <laughs> One of those games. We're moving on to your Los Angeles Chargers Super Chargers. Now down to down to three point road favorites against those. Fighting maybe midgets? Yeah. Who knows? This is a fucking gross game. Um, I, I love the Chargers getting points. I hate them laying points. And it sounds like not only with the news of Kyler maybe coming back, most people don't like laying points with this Chargers team. They will just fucking let you down every single time. So situationally, if Kyler plays, I is, is fucking hard as it is to make that bet. I gotta lean to Arizona. Um, yeah, I don't. I've got some other things written down here, but this, for the sake of time, it's just. Uh, it's long story short, lean to Arizona, but I don't feel great about it. All right, well, so I'm torn on this. And the, the numbers lean with you. They're agreement with Arizona, but again, less than four points as a dog 50-50 so far this year. It's uh, the charge on the new spot, and here's the reason why I don't like this game. Just like I don't like the Houston game. This is a very bad spot for Arizona. Uh, they just lost uh, one of their offensive higher, higher ranking. I think maybe the offensive coordinator, actually. Um, he was handsy with a Mexican hooker or something like that, and they fired his ass. Yeah, a little grabby. And uh, on top of that, just the lack of <laughs> attention this coaching staff 
Go ahead. He said she was a prostitute, but I don't remember paying. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely didn't pay her enough. Anyway, um, fucking Me Too is spread to Mexico, apparently, but the Arizona coaching staff is just not buttoned up, man. You know, I mean, you know how I, feel, I fucking hate Coach Bro. I've always hated this motherfucker. He's going to get fired. I don't, I don't ever celebrate getting anybody fired. I did call it. He's lasted longer than I thought that he would. Um, <laughs> I'm about to say, he's lasted like five or six years. And he got an extension, so I can't claim victory per se, right. but... Whatever. It, he's not a good coach. He's never been a good coach. And he's not buttoned up. I mean, you saw what what uh, San Francisco did. They learned from the master. They went and they stayed in high altitude last year or last week so that they could get mm-hmm. acclimated at the best they could to the fucking ridiculous fucking altitude that Mexico City's in. Arizona said, nah, fuck it. We'll just stay home. We don't give a shit. And then they get a coach fire for being fucking handsy. And then, yeah. you know, the Chargers are desperate, man. They're, you know, they're hanging on. They're, 50, they're a 500 team. They still have a chance at the playoffs. Yeah. Arizona's season is dead. Dead. It's fucking dead. Dead. You're dead. They're dead. And on top of that, 2015, week 12 and on, home dogs, two and a half to three. Losing team versus a 500 team, one and five ATS with a negative 5.83% margin. Four and two to the over, boys and girls. So I would love the over here. And the Chargers, I I mean, I know our numbers are on Arizona. I, I can't recommend that. I cannot recommend that in this situation. There's sometimes yeah, like- the numbers don't take into account everything. And just this particular situation, this team is falling apart from the inside fucking out. If you've been watching any of the hard knocks, the midseason hard knocks uh, that they're doing on the, the Cardinals, I mean, you've got fucking Nuke over there, uh, which that's DeAndre Hopkins for those of you who are not cool. His nickname's Nuke. You got Nuke over there literally on the sideline asking Kyler, bro, what, what are you seeing out there? What are you seeing out there? I'm wide open. What are you looking at? He's literally asking that in the middle of the fucking game. This kid's not, even if he comes back, he's not seeing the field. He's been garbage all fucking year. Colt McCoy was no downgrade, by the way, at all, uh, through all the grades. So even if he comes back, I don't give a shit. This Charger team, they, the only thing, the only thing that could save the numbers in this spot and maybe us if we bet on them, is the Chargers just being the goddamn Chargers. But Keenan Allen's back. He's going to be one more week healthy. He made a huge Mike difference. Williams. You saw it last – maybe Mike Williams. I don't know about that. But you saw how big a difference Keenan Allen made. I mean, just simply coming in and being that dude. It, 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 for me, it's Chargers are pass. I know what the numbers say, but fuck, I, yeah. I, 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 I can't do it. I don't mind that situational uh, fade the numbers again. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. All right, moving on. Those Kansas City Chiefs, they are now, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, 37 point. No, sorry, only 15 and a half point home favorites oh over the Los Angeles dead-ass Rams. Yep, fuck this game. Another time saver. Blind lean to the L.A. Rams based on the fact that we've I've said before, Kansas City likes to play with their food. They, they they don't they don't cover these huge lines against bad teams. They'll blow out good teams, but they don't they just don't cover them. So blindly, time saver, lean to the Rams. Whoever the fuck is playing quarterback, I don't care. It's a huge number. Alright, well I will blindly time save and say everybody again, this is another where Sharp has become square since 2015, home favorites of 14 points or more, Longhorn. 
30, 15, and 3 ATS. 66.7% with a 3-point ATS margin. If you take that to late in the season, as we are now, week 12 and on, 18, 6, and 2. 75% covering 4.5%, or 4, uh, sorry, 4.56 ATS margin. It's KC or fucking pass for me. I am not fucking falling into that trap anymore. <laughs> All right, I like it. All right, moving on. Those San Francisco 49ers. Woo, this number's falling like a goddamn rock. What is happening? Down to minus eight and a half consensus. Yeah, this was almost, this was like if you could have two big dicks, then this would have been my second big dick. You know, it's, if only, I mean, some people don't have one big dick. It's kind of sad, but like, it's, look, if you could have two, if you could have two. <laughs> look, it's a long, we're an hour and a half in. We got to make this pod fun or we're just, we're just going to fucking, people are going to tune out. So let's keep it fun. Let's keep it live. We got uh, three more games to go over. This would have been the big dick pick of the week. Uh, I settled on Jacksonville earlier. I love New Orleans in this spot. Uh, you don't ever want to just not settle pro- on a big dick. You got to pick your favorite big dick. Yeah, you got to you got to slam on that big dick. That's a, you just got to <laughs> you just pound that fucking big. Sorry. Um, <laughs> look, it's not it's not primetime Dalton. It's uh it's you know it's it's not primetime Dalton. So yeah, you know Dalton's got that little that little primetime cousins thing going on with him uh, that you want to definitely avoid that situation. But that's not in play here um and and the saints are quietly getting healthier and healthier as the year is going on uh they've been dealing with a lot of injuries uh earlier in the year they're getting some players back and i love the fact that san everybody francisco, back that's right and i love the fact that san francisco is coming off that huge primetime win in mexico and now literally everybody has them in the super bowl for the nfc and they might they just might go to the super bowl uh, for the NFC, but this week this is a perfect letdown spot. Uh, they've just been they've been crowned NFC champs uh, recently. Um, so yeah, I, I love 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 the Saints and the points here. So um, what do you got? What do you got? Well, first of all, I got um, if you lean how we're gonna lean, you got to get the nine and a half that I still see out at quite a few books. You got to grab that shit right fucking now because apparently. It's going away, and I don't know why. However, New Orleans, well, maybe this is why. New Orleans, agreement with our power rankings. Agreement with all the numbers. And again, over four-point dog, 67% this year. 2015 and on, home favorites, 8 to 10. Winning percentage of over 60% or better versus a losing team, 24 and 28, 46.2%. So better than coin flip there, you're on the wrong side of it. However, I dig, I dug deeper into this game. So the 49ers, everybody says, oh, they got a great defense. They got a great defense. Okay. Where they're one in three ATS with a negative 5.2 ATS margin versus teams that score 22 points a game or better, which the Saints do score. And they because they score the ball. Their defense is seventh in DVOA, but that's only because they've had the 29th easiest schedule for defenses. They've played as far as teams that scored 22 points or more, they played the Falcons. They lost straight up. They played the Chiefs. They lost straight up. They played the Chargers. They didn't cover, and that was the Chargers with no receivers. And they played the Cardinals that you mentioned last week, backup quarterback, whatever. Now, teams that scored 21 
points or less, they're four and one ATS on that with a le- over eleven point ATS per game margin. So they kick the shit out of teams that cannot score the ball because their defense is good, but it's not as good as the numbers lead you to believe, boys and girls. And and the Saints can and will score this football. So I love, love, love the Saints right here. All right, love it. All right, moving on. Those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Six and a half point home favorites versus the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, this feels like a no place stay away number at, well, I had it at seven um, when I did it. Um, so if it's dipped down to six and a half, it's money, money coming in. Money coming in. Yeah. And that's, and that's great because anything higher, anything seven or higher, I'm going to lean to Green Bay. Anything six and a half or lower, um, I'm going to lean to uh, Philly on that one. So just that with that small of uh, difference, it, it just tells me to stay away. Um, Green Bay will try to run the ball against a suspect Philly defense without Jordan Davis. That is their only path to victory here. Um, but they're just not great. Yeah, and he played last week, and he played okay. And they signed um, – uh, they had another defensive tackle they brought in, and he played okay also. But, you know, um, just we'll, we'll see. I mean, like, you know, new players this late in the season. We'll see how that works out. But Green Bay is not great at running the ball. <laughs> they're, they're okay at it. They're not great at it. So Aaron is going to have to make some plays happen in the air. And that can be a problem with the ball skills, uh, ball hawking skills of this Philly defense. So, you know, I don't really trust the Philly offense necessarily without Goddard and without a completely healthy A.J. Brown. Um, so so I don't necessarily want them to cover seven points of, of margin or better. Um, but I'll look to, I'll, I'll definitely look to, um, Basically, at seven, at seven or more, I'll, I'll be fading Philly. At, at less than seven, you could talk me into. Um, uh, maybe I said that backwards, but you could talk me into to Green Bay at seven or more. You could. I'm looking to fade Philly at uh, less than seven. What do you got? Yeah, I don't have a lot on that. Numbers are split. Green Bay though is on our big, big trends um, that is now five and zero on the year. Hit both teams last year, and that is again 2015. If your average turnover margin is greater than or equal to or greater than one versus your opponent and your opponent has less than three losses, all time, now 183 and 143. Now, again, 118 and 218 straight up. Last week, that was on Indy and Detroit. Uh, Detroit won straight up and covered. Indy lost straight up but did cover. So, five in a row on that trend however uh home favorites between six and seven and i wanted to look because i really wanted to look at fading philly here so i wanted to look at what's the most like negative thing basically i could look up on them so no cover for three straight games that's that's obviously negative versus a team which is in this situation green bay losses as a home favorite the week before uh, all time, there's no years involved, just all time, 6-3 and three ATS for the home favorite with a 5-point ATS margin just below 4.94, uh, and 6-3 and three to the over on that spot, so slam dunk on the over. If you're looking at a teaser spot here, because uh, a lot of people would, if it was especially at 7 for Philly, 
it's actually not that profitable if you look at it because it's 66.7% all time. If you look at this game inside this trend, it's 66.7% anyway. So there's no reason to take or to give that extra juice on filling on a teaser. Now, if you want to pair it with something, whatever, but you can just take the 66% and lay the points with Philly, and you're going to have the same money or better money uh, on Green Bay, which you're not going to really tease them, but I just wrote it down. On the plus teaser, 77.8%, which that's barely covering the 75% uh, margin that you want to have on teasers if you're going to the upside so or either side. You want to have better than 75% covered. That's what you're looking for historically to make a teaser worth your while. Uh, so barely on that for Green Bay, which you're not going to tease them from 6.5 to 12. That, that makes no sense anyway. And mm-hmm. not really worth your while on Philly to tease them down you could just bet them outright, and they're covering at a 66% historically on that anyway. But, uh, again, this trend that Green Bay's on, I'm not getting in front of that anymore. Um, we got in front of it last week on Detroit, and it steamrolled us, so I'm out on that. It won us money on Indy, so we went 50-50 on it. But I'm not getting in front of it anymore. I'm just I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All right, moving on. Those pits. Oh, sorry. Money yeah. Night Football. Pittsburgh is going to the Super Bowl. Not this year. Uh, they're at Indy, and they're two and a half point road dogs. Two and a half. That just. Uh-uh. Don't like that. The three. The three makes me feel warm and fuzzy taking Pittsburgh. Two and a half just makes me want to. I don't know. Tease it up to tease it up and get that eight and a half. Uh, package it with one of the other uh, Stanford Wong uh, type teaser spots. But this feels like a bounce back spot for Tomlin and that defense. They got embarrassed. Uh, last week it was a horrible performance against Cincinnati uh, at home. So I look for them to bounce back, play a little inspired defense. You know, maybe, maybe they don't get the win, but um, again, if you're getting that, if you're getting that three point protection, and certainly if you got them in an eight and a half point teaser, I really like that. It's basically just a number dependent small lean to Pittsburgh. What do you got? Yep, I got a zero point delta and two shitty teams, and I don't give a fuck. Kenny Pickett sucks. So that, boys and girls, with all them wins coming to the air tonight, baby! Boys and girls, it's time to go all I've been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said, free picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. Those red hot free picks. If you are not hitting all of the opportunities to get these picks, podcasts, website, social medias, and you're just doing it wrong. So um going to keep the streak going this week. Going to keep it up with the way that I've been doing it. My favorite pick is going to be Jacksonville. It was the big dick pick plus four against those Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think they've got a good shot to win this game. So clearly, I love the plus four. Uh, free pick, Jacksonville plus four. Love it. All right, now your college free pick of the week. 
It's going to be those Vandy Commodores, plus 14. Vandy's going for the third straight SEC win in a row, which normally would make me fade them real fucking hard. But Tennessee came off a Georgia loss where they knew they had no more shot in SEC title or undefeated season. But literally everything broke right for them in the same week. And if they won outright of the last two cream puffs, they still have a legit argument and more. they were the odds-on favor to make the playoffs. And in the next game, they crushed Mizzou. But then last week, they go on the road to South Carolina, who we had as a 21.5-point dog. And they lose straight up by 25 points. And sadly, they also lose their star and Heisman hopeful quarterback for the season in the process. So now I've got a team whose season crashed and burned in dramatic and unbelievable fashion. Their leader is on an operating table. And somehow, they're supposed to get up and go on the road and cover 14 versus a Vandy team that need this one win to become bowl eligible for the first time in five years. That seems too much to ask, and although Vandy isn't good, they're not a good team, boys and girls, at all, this is a a disparate motivation spot, and you have to find those late in the season in college football and fucking hammer them, and we're going to hammer Vandy plus the 14, and then bonus! Best bet, Mm. pizza money parlay time. Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, plus 104 on the money line. Mizzou, plus 139 at home versus Arkansas. And those UTEP, let's go fucking minor nation, plus 520 versus BB at UTSA. That is a 29 to 1 three game money line parlay, baby. And your whole goddamn Christmas bill just got paid. Yeah, there's no way the minority nation is not going to win on Thanksgiving <laughs> weekend. Like that's that's <laughs> destined to hit. <laughs> All right, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hill seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning and record-setting length podcast for FGH. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on all of our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and most is, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People! Stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us up, baby!